Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is football and random things presented by Iowa Diamond coming to you from the Carl Chevrolet studios at the Cyclone Fanatic offices in Ankeny. Hello, Jeff Woody, the other Iowa State running back to wear number 32. I realize that I am at best the third most memorable Cyclone to wear my number at the very, very best. Well, we can find out because I have the entire list of... uh, of players who have worn 32. Well, for sure. I'm, I'm just thinking like just Iowa State in general. And this is the two that come off the top of my head. And obviously to myself, I am the most memorable because I exist in my own brain. So like <laughs> I remember myself, but I still put myself number three on the list, even though I exist in my own head. Okay. Well, here. Well, there's Fred Hoiberg is 32. Well, and then Dave Montgomery's 32. So at the very best, again, I am my own person. And I remember those two more than I remember myself. Uh, JJ Moses. Okay. Wore 32 for three seasons. I would say that you guys are probably on similar playing field. You can be totally. I, I'm not offended by this. Like I said, I put myself. No, I'm. I'm saying below I, two people, and I look at myself in the mirror every day. You both have. I mean, JJ had a very good career. You know, mm-hmm. you both have one very memorable play. He had the reverse against Iowa. You had the, the touchdown against Oklahoma State. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, who else we got here? Um, I'd have to say that you guys are probably the, yeah, that's probably about the extent of the list here. We, and then I don't know many of these other names. And they retired Fred's, didn't they? Like yeah. nobody's worn 32 cents. Yeah. Fred's, uh, yeah. Fred's number hangs in the rafters, which so, I believe you know that. Yeah. So third or fourth, what do we got to do to get that for football to <laughs> reduce roster sizes? <laughs> Well, you, <laughs> you no, got like 125. You dudes. don't necessarily have to retire the number in the same sense oh, to that get you do the, football, the Wall of Fame thing. Yeah, why can't we have a have a? Let's a have sub- some consistent success first. How about that, man? There's enough good guys that you could put up there. You there I is, was, but it, I it, was looking it, at it today. There is like there would be just the one side though. I mean, and well, what are the, what yeah, are the qualifications? I'm not, I'm not okay. So here, that's what I was just gonna say. What what would it take? Is it to like get first yourself? team All American, or is it just like the feel good story? Well, I mean. Obviously, David Montgomery would be up there. Because, like, Lazard. Obviously, Does Lazard make the cut? Because he wasn't a first-team All-American, but he had a memorable moment. He's Troy Davis damn good player. would be up there. Yeah, Troy Davis, for sure. Uh, I mean... Seneca would probably be up there, right? Because he was... Absolutely. In the Heisman voting. Yeah. Uh, Matt Blair yep. was one of the best linebackers in school history. He was an All-American. was a... All pro guy in the NFL for mm-hmm. for many years for the Minnesota Vikings. You'd think if AJ keeps going this way, AJ would probably. I would be up say there. AJ would be up there. Uh, George Amundsen, he was a uh, he he finished in the Heisman voting as well. I would say that he's the kind of guy that would be up there. I think that there there needs to be something along these lines. I think that it could be if they could incorporate that into the new. Oh, as it starts to rise up. Doing. Yeah. yeah, I think that that would be rather neat. I'm sure Jamie listens to this. If the Kansas Jayhawks can do it, then Iowa State can do it. <laughs> They're so bad. It's funny because like you have a punchline built in, like right in your own conference. And everybody has their own in their conference, but nobody has Kansas. I, take it back. Big Ten has Rutgers. But nobody has Kansas to be like, at least it's not Kansas. Like you look at, you know, you stepped in dog poop and you're like, wow. Well, could be worse. Like, could have been barefoot and stepped in this poop. Then you're like, ah, we lost a game. Well, we're not Kansas. Yeah. There's everybody. There's always something worse. But you get what I'm saying? Like, if you, if Kansas has enough good football players that they can put some names up on a wall and say, mm-hmm. these are our good football players in history. In that turret. And if the only one isn't Gale Sayers, then I would say Iowa State can probably do it that's too. Tr- that's your, well, and it's the Troy Davis Wall of Fame. Like, that's what it would be. Yeah. That's the only number that I think you could probably justify. That and Jack Trice's number are probably the only two yeah. you could justify saying, Just okay, taking those, off the list. those numbers should be retired forever, which uh, 28 basically has been retired. Yeah, I don't think one of those no one like, has worn it since Darren Davis did. Which I think he gets licensed to do that. Darren. Well, Darren. Yeah. I would I think. He's, yeah. I, hey, yeah, I think that's fair. Hey, bro, can I have this? Sure. I'm sure that's how the conversation went. I'm sure that's exactly how it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about sounds about right. All right, we need to take a quick break, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about the big news of the day. When we come back, you're listening to Football and Random Things, presented by Iowa Diamond, from the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. 
This is Iowa Diamond President Chuck Kuba. After 20 years of serving engagement and wedding couples, I can't help but reflect back on the thousands of wonderful folks we've helped and ask myself, how can we be so lucky? Is it our incredible ring selection or the quiet private atmosphere? Then came the epiphany. Out of all the people in the world, we make you feel like you are the most important people in the world. Because at that moment, to all of us at Iowa Diamond, you are. Visit us at iowadiamond.com or in person anytime. You'll see what I mean. All right, Jeff Woody. David Montgomery is going to the NFL draft. Which shouldn't surprise anybody. No. I think we've been on this for like three months now where it was like, hey, just let's let's prime the fact that he's probably not coming back. And I think that what this decision confirms, because you're not going to make a decision like this, because if he did, if he was going to come back, he was going to come back as a preseason All-American. Like he was going to be a dude that was going to be high on draft boards next year regardless so if he's going to make this decision you're going to base it on at least some presumptive fact you're not going to just wow i think i'm going to do well so the fact that he is leaving confirms what everybody's been thinking is that the nfl really highly regards david montgomery it's not just internet fodder at this point if you if a guy like him is going to forgo his senior season it means he is getting some very positive feedback from the league yeah, I mean, I would imagine that he'll be one of the first three or four running backs selected in the in the yeah. draft. And he's, I, I think, if I'm, because the the combines in what February, end of February, early March, and I think Something that's what like it was. That. I think that's yeah. what Spears texted me. So, um, it end of February, early March, he's got a couple months to prep. And I mean, granted, he's just get yourself totally healthy. What what things he's gonna do well in? I don't think he's gonna run like the fastest forty on the planet. He'll probably be a four or five ish guy. Is fast, not a four three break your you know break your eyeballs type thing. But all the rest of them outside of that, he's gonna annihilate. I think the short shuttles, his L drills, his vertical, his standing broad. He's an explosive dude. I think his bench press. He's built like a he's a little muscle hamster, and he's so all of those like the measurables. He's gonna do really well in, and he's clearly he's a he he is going. He's a two time captain, correct? Mm-hmm. So he's a two time captain. He was a elected captain as a sophomore. I mean, his leadership skills, his intangibles are off the charts. And the only, the only blemish on his entire record is when he punched a dude from Baylor, which if anybody watches that f- footage from the NFL, they're like, yeah, I could see why you would have done that. I mean, it was still stupid, but regardless, I mean, there's no blemishes on his record. He's a two-time captain. He is, he, like I said, his measurables are going to be off the charts. I think he's going to be a mid-level 40 guy really high and he might be the fastest L drill. I mean, you know, there's going to be some freak that does it, but he might be near the top in the L drill. Um, and he's, he catches the ball really well. So he's going to do um, very well on their, their pro day drills where whatever analyst is going to be sitting there going, you know, David Montgomery, this kid can do everything. And they're, he's just going to, he is going to do very well. So he's going to test really well. And his film is really good. So I think it's his position to rise, not to fall unless he does something to screw it up, which it, I mean, I'm going to knock on wood. I don't think that there's many things that he can do to screw it up outside of run like a four nine. Right. If he runs a super slow 40, because I would think that's the only thing. And keep in mind, we're not talking about, is he going to get drafted? We're talking, is he going to be a first round pick? Mm -hmm. And so if you're comparing him against first round pick running backs, the only thing that I would look at and go, maybe he's not a first rounder is that the straight line run away from you speed. And I don't know if he's got the straight runaway from you speed for a first rounder. He's got NFL speed for sure. He's got college speed for sure. So as long as he doesn't run, yeah, four, eight, four, nine, if he runs four, six, something on higher, then that basically just checks the box. And what can pretty much, I would think what would cement him into the first round, if he somehow trains really well and touches like four, three, nine, or like four, four flat, and he pulls that out of nowhere and you're like, oh my God, maybe he actually is that fast. He just never had the chance to do it. And then there you go. I think that would, I think if he runs fast, his top end speed is fast at the, at the, the combine. I would be very surprised if he falls past early second round. Yeah. And if he's even an adequate, like I said, if it's adequate 40, I bet second round, second round tops. Yeah. I mean, I would, I, I think that it's pretty safe bet that the, the draft list streak is going to come to an end. Yeah, I think there's a good chance they could have multiple people drafted, mm-hmm. which is cool is, is obviously good because I'd say David 
David's going to get drafted. The fact that he's leaving mm-hmm. just confirms that he's going to get drafted. Uh, I think PV could get drafted still. He's just short. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only so that's kind of the downside thing is- that kind of holds him back. Uh, I guess it's really probably just those two, depending on what Hakeem ends up doing here yeah. now as well. Well, I don't, I don't think a team would be in the market for Sam Seen Buckner because not in the draft at least, not in the draft. He he probably will land somewhere he'll, as, he'll as be an undrafted, an undrafted free agent, yeah, as an undrafted free agent guy, um, because teams are they like. I mean, he's a fullback, but he's kind of that utility. He's the Clay Matthews of the offense, where you just put him. He plays. I mean, Clay Matthews might not be the best example, but um, a guy that's going to play 12 snaps on offense and you put him at three different positions and then he plays 22 snaps on special teams. Well, I was just going to say, would you be surprised at all if Sam Buckner played like six years in the NFL? No, not even a little bit. Yeah. So it is something like that. Um, I don't I don't know if I don't think Eaton had enough film on him. No, to to do anything and enough consistent good film. I think he'll his pro day will be pretty good. He's an athletic dude and he looks good and he'll probably sign into a camp. Yeah. He's he Willie will be in a camp. Yeah, Willie might Willie might be a guy that would sneak into a later round because his he has 4 years of good film. I mean, at least 3 years of good film and 1 year of film. But he's but with how with how defense with how offenses are switching in the NFL to kind of match, you know, the Big 12 offenses ish. Mm-hmm. You get a team like say, I don't know, the Chargers, they play a three down front and you're going to play Pat Mahomes four, twice a year, at least, maybe play him in the playoffs again. You're going to need an outside linebacker safety hybrid guy that's 215, 220, that can tackle whomever, you know, that can tackle David Montgomery and gets drafted by the Chiefs in the 31st overall pick. Yeah. Uh, they, 32nd overall pick when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh, they're going to be, we can, we can, they're going to be the 29th pick because they're going to lose to the Patriots. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with you. Patriots got some serious issues. They're the Patriots. I think the days of the Patriots might be coming to an end. Three years from now. Tom Brady is too old. He's old. It's, it's over. It's just, over. You just watch. It's you over. Just, you just wait. It's, it's over. Saints, I'm telling you. Saints and Patriots. That's my call. Oh my God. That'd be horrible. Why? The, the Brady... I love Drew Brees, but the the Brady slob knob fest would be disgusting. But you have like you disgusting. Have a, you have a villain then. You have a hero villain set up, right? No, you because it's, no. it's Drew Brees and like ah oh, yeah, look at how nice. The this only guy one is. who I think that America could ban behind as the villain would be probably Phil Rivers, <laughs> <laughs> with his nine kids. Yeah, <laughs> no offense to people that have nine kids, but I don't want nine kids. Absolutely not. I can't even imagine what his wife's life is like. I mean, that dude is like a, he's a professional quarterback and he's got nine kids. Like she's there with, with those nine kids by herself a lot. Pretty much all day. It has to be all day. They There's probably no, have like a, they probably uh, like a team of nannies. It's they, not even say, one nanny. It's they, a team of nannies. They probably hired a Phil Rivers stand in as the dad. <laughs> his his does, stunt double. Does he also trash talk without swearing to his children? <laughs> I don't know how someone can get as mad as he does without swearing. Go, you know? darn it. Gee willikers. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he'll be yelling, routinely will yell at his teammates and he apparently doesn't ever swear. If a guy, it's like Andrew Luck. Like if Andrew Luck doesn't swear, I don't know if he does or doesn't. It just doesn't seem like he would. Yeah. Because he, he says like shoot and dang all the time. So he doesn't seem like a guy that would swear. But um, if Andrew Luck doesn't, he just seems like a, oh, shucks. I'm Andrew Luck, you know, I'm just sitting here. And like that, like that's the, it doesn't seem like he's a real, like he is competitive. You can obviously tell that, but I think the vibe that he gives off is more like calming where Rivers is like super aggressive all the time, but he doesn't swear. And so it doesn't match up at the same time. It'd be like looking at a Corvette and then hearing it go, (laughs) like, wait a second. You don't sound like what you're supposed to sound like. It's just like Pat Mahomes, like when you hear his his voice and he sounds like Kermit the Frog. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was funny. I think they asked like the Chiefs, what would they, you know, something that they described with him. And then I think somebody put like Kermit the Frog on there. Yeah. For the like an actual NFL broadcast. Well, if you're going to throw for 5,000 yards, you sound like whatever the hell you want to sound like. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good point. Where were we talking about before? Um, oh, potential NFL guys for the from Iowa State. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, 
Yeah, now I guess it's just a waiting game until we find out whether or not Hakeem is going to go too. Yeah, he has until a week from today. I think we talked about this before. I would be surprised if he leaves. Not not super surprised. Like, oh my god, my cat can talk. It's like, oh, the guy that had his right oh, turn. Oh, my cat can talk. The the guy that had his right turn signal on decided to go straight. That's the level of surprise that I would have. So it's not that I would be shocked that he leaves for the NFL, but. I would be surprised if he did in, in a small sense, because I think we talked about this. The, he, if he were to go to the, to the combine, if he were to elect to go to, to, to the NFL and he were to go to the combine, he would crush it. He would crush the combine. Everyone knows that he's physically, he's a, he's a top, he's probably top half of the first round physically, but it's the consistency on those easy, I think they call them concentration catches. It's the ones that are, it's the dig across the middle that the quarterback throws low because he has to hit through a window and you slide and it hits you in the belly. Those are the ones that he drops. And so it's not that he doesn't have the capacity to um, raise his draft stock with really high pro day marks, but you watch him on the field and athleticism is not the problem. His confidence is not the problem. And by all accounts, he seems like a really good dude, sharp guy. He's already graduated. So it doesn't make any, I mean, he's not, his interviews aren't going to, to boost him up. It's his game film. That's going to hold him back. That would be the one knock. Like I said, with Montgomery, Montgomery's game film is stellar with one teeny little, again, it's not a notch. It's just not an A plus. It's like an A minus is top end speed is once he breaks free, does he just outrun the rest of the field? I don't think he does that, mm-hmm. but does he have enough speed to get it to get to justify the first round? Butler has outrun everybody all the time. He's outjumped everybody all the time. He's physically taken one hand and thrown another human being whilst catching a ball with the other and run for a touchdown. Physically, it's there. It's just the, his game film needs to be better. And the only way you can make your game film better is to get more game film. And so, I mean, I would think that he is probably projected like third round-ish, third, fourth. But if they say it's third, fourth, closer, like Lazard, he was projected as a pick and then just kept falling, kept falling, kept falling. Now, granted, I think Butler is a better, um, he is a, he's a guy that's more athletic than Allen. Allen was just stronger. Uh, maybe, I don't even know. Hakeem might be the same strength now, but um, anyway, Lazard kept falling and falling and falling. And if Butler looks forward and sees that and says, hey, you're a third, fourth, but potentially if you don't test well on these things, you could fall, fall, fall. Here's what would be better is to come back. That's, I bet, the grade that he ends up getting. So I would, I would think if, because if he were to come back and improve that consistency, and it may not even be like, you know, he doesn't, it, it's not saying you can't drop a ball, but if his drops per game go from whatever, I don't know what the statistic is, but I would guess probably a drop and a half a game yeah. would be his probably average. And if that goes down to half a drop a game or even one, then that, and he has the same explosion, the same can't cover, like, you know, unguardability. He's, I would bet he pushes first, second. I mean, in the top tier of five, top five wide receivers taken because the dude is a, a monster physically. So I would, I would think he comes back. But like I said, I wouldn't be totally, oh my God, no way, Akimbo's going to the NFL because he's probably right on that second day pick. And that's still serious money that, and he's, the, the kid came from nothing. Yeah. So if, if you say, and this is, I mean, think about it in your own shoes. Hey, if you leave for the NFL now, there's a very high likelihood, and I don't know what that third round salary is, but I'm going to guess it's right around three, four million, is you're going to make $3 million a year for the next three years for sure. And if you play well, then you can get up to, you know, 10. Go ahead and leave. And, or you could roll the dice and come back for 12. You know, that's a, it's a big gamble. It's a big thing to consider. So I can tell you how much somebody makes. What's the, the minimum? So let's go end of the third round, because I bet that's where he would once a, fall. once a player falls past the third round, most draft picks will sign a four-year deal in the 2.4 to 2.9 million range. What's third round? It says players fall past the third round. So what is the third round? Because the first round, uh, that's, I mean, the f- uh, I mean, it, it really doesn't change much. Like from after you get out of the first round, in the first round, most of it really is your signing bonus more than anything else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and those signing bonuses are things really dropping. High. This, yeah, it says in the weeks last year's top pick. This is from two years ago. Last year's top pick, Jared Goff signed a contract worth twenty seven point nine million, while the twelfth pick received less than half of that at twelve point eight. 
Things really dropped in the second round where the average contract was worth about $5.1 million over four years. The value of a third-round contract drops to $3.3 million, but takes an even bigger hit in guaranteed value with the average contract worth just $756,000 in guaranteed money. See, I mean, that's the big thing about the NFL is that all the money's not guaranteed. You know, mm-hmm. in the NBA, all your money's guaranteed. Yeah. When you get drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where the consideration comes in. With There's a big difference between, and that's to, to kind of illuminate the thought a little bit, that's a big difference why like, oh, shoot, he's going to be a third rounder. Go for it. Well, it, yes and no. I mean, yes, guaranteed. Now, that is not a small value. $795,000 guaranteed. I would love that. Yeah. If I could have $795,000 guaranteed, shoot. Yes, I would take that. Sign me up. Sign yeah. right now. But in the same sense, if you can be, so you, I mean, you read the bottom half of that first round. It's like 12.6 million guaranteed. Okay. Well, that's a stark difference. And so if you're Hakeem Butler and your grade is, like, it's, it's like I said, I think this is going to be the case of you are going to be picked for sure. But if you go back, there is a likelihood that you get picked in the first round next year, then you should probably come back. Well, and if they pick you, if you come back and you get picked in the first round, the likelihood of you getting into a camp and you're not very consistent, you get cut, is not as high. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in the third round and you come in and you're making some ridiculous plays, and it's like, man, this guy, you know, this guy can really do it. But if those same things where the consistency consistency catches, the concentration catches, if you're not doing those on the same level of what you should be, it's there's a lot no, easier for freedom. And, yeah. yeah. And if they're only paying you, got to pay you $795,000, they're like, oh, let's go find somebody you can. Yeah. We'll yeah. find somebody who can, who can make the catches for that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of ridiculous stuff you can do. It's more job it's like security. We, yeah. Because at the end of the day, what percentage of Hakeem's catches or a percentage of plays in the NFL are ridiculous mm-hmm. and not just. You just got to make that catch. Yeah. You know and, what I'm saying? And the with a position like his, he's going to be a, an exterior wide receiver like he is at Iowa State. He's an exterior wide receiver. He's not a slot guy. And so most of those catches are, are they're breaking routes somewhere. Uh, you're not static standing still. It's not where, where slot guys are going to find a zone and settle. The outside guys are likely not settling in a lot of places unless they're running like a dig behind somebody. They're moving routes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be, it's a rhythm catch where you're running like a 12 yard comeback. And with the NFL, it's, you know, say you got, say he goes to the chiefs, which would be a great situation for him, but let's say he goes to the chiefs. Cause I'm just they thinking, could use a guy like that too. I'm just thinking arm strength for yeah. where these things could be is right. you're on the left hash. You, Butler would be far right numbers and he's running 12 yards. He's going to stem that route to an, like an angle up towards the sideline like he's running a corner. And then he's going to put a foot in the ground and come back three more yards. And that ball, by the time he makes that second cut, is in the air by Mahomes and it's going to hit him in the shoulders. That's the play he's going to make seven times out of... That's the, that's the play that he's going to get called on seven times out of ten. It's not going to be you know, the, the post routes. Now, granted, those are still there. I mean, yeah. as, as a wide receiver, that, those are your home run threats. Those are your, your Des Bryant's where it's run down the field and out jump somebody for a ball. We need 40 yards. Go. It's third and 17. We need a ball. Go. Man, so, I can't, I can't wait to watch the Kansas city chiefs with Dave Montgomery, Tyree kill on one side, Hakeem Butler on the other side, David Montgomery in the backfield, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Charlie Kohler at the, at the other tight end position. Uh, who, who else can they? It's the 2022 chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Downing at, uh, at one of the offensive line spots, <laughs> Ray Lima plugging up the nose, uh, Mike Rose at one of the linebacker spots. A little ambitious. You know, it would be a, I the, think they should just draft the entire Iowa state defense to bring them into the, um, Hey, everybody's going to be running the big 12 offenses in the there NFL you go. before too long. J- John Haycock, defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, well, we're not going to go that far. With the, uh, with the 32nd pick in the third round of the <laughs> NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select John Haycock from Iowa <laughs> defensive State University. Defensive Iowa State University. <laughs> if they could pick, Lincoln Riley would be drafted so many times. If you could pick coaches. Did you hear about the Cliff Kingsbury situation? Mm-hmm. Has that officially happened where he quit USC? Uh, I don't like know if it's officially official, but I think it's official. You know, it's a, I hope it's unofficially official. I hope that they try and get him to go to Cleveland. 
Because Baker hates Cliff. Does he? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Because he left Texas Tech. I don't think they would do that then. (laughs) That'd be a pretty stupid move on their part. If Dorsey... Yeah, yeah, no, I I think Dorsey's a good enough GM not or to realize that that would be stupid. Right. But I think it would just be funny because it it would be a Cleveland thing to do. Isn't it the Jets or the Cardinals? Like, we're the two that apparently wanted him. For a head coaching position or an offensive coordinator position? Yeah, head coaching position. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You could take him as a coordinator, man. Like, he is. No, they want him to be the head coach. See, that's why they like that. That's why he was, he's willing to quit. He's like, man, I could go be an NFL head coach or be the offensive coordinator for USC. Yeah. Like, okay. Ooh, go for it, Cliff. I mean, if they're, they're offering, I think it would be really good for him to go to I Arizona. Feel like, I feel like it's got to be, and I'm, keep in mind, I'm not up to date on my contract law, but it, it cannot be quote unquote legal. For USC to bar him from interviewing for other jobs. Well, I don't. Well, I, I would assume it depends. This is where Jay would be great to have. Yeah. But I would assume it depends on what their clause on a non-compete is. Because if whatever. How can you have a non-compete in it's college a different football, league. though? Yeah. Well, it's a job. I mean, you're, it, it's the, the realm you're working in. Any what? type of non-compete. You can set a, a distance or like. If you're a doctor, you can't practice medicine at the different the hospital across the street. Yeah. So you can also do that with you can't coach football at another school in the same conference. It's the same. But I then would, why wouldn't every school ever do that? Because I mean, just today, uh, Greg Madison, who was the defensive line coach at Michigan, was hired as the new defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Hmm. Why would that not be a thing? Of I all the, of all places, those two schools where they're like, that okay, you no can go wherever you want, just not there, but you can't go there. Yeah, I don't know. I would think that there would be some, it depending, I don't know. I would, I would think that it just depends on the language of the non-compete, if there is a non-compete signed. Because then it, then they could, that would be where the, I would assume they get the leverage to say that you're signing here, you can't also go do this because your focus needs to be here. So I don't, I don't think it's ridiculous that you, that that would be out of a breach of contract. I think it's a, I, I don't. I think they're just being assholes. That's more of where it comes yeah. into play. Also, I didn't know. Like, is Lynn Swan a different Lynn Swan? No, it's the same Lynn Swan. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. the one that made the catch in the yeah. Super Bowl. That Lynn Swan. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Was that the Super Bowl? I think it was the AFC Championship game. The, the immaculate reception. No, that was that was Franco Harris. Oh, the okay. Lynn Swan one where he like jumped over a corner and like tipped it to himself and then caught it. Yeah, that's probably him then. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who played for the Steelers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah. Hmm. I, I realized I didn't know that until I was like USC athletic director Lance Swan. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, they went from Mike Garrett, who used to be their athletic director, who played at USC as well. And then now they've got Lance Swan. Then they replaced him with Lance Swan, who's just another guy who played at USC. Matt Leinert's going to be the next one. Man, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Matt Leinert. Reggie Bush. <laughs> oh my God. That would be the ultimate irony of ironies if Reggie Bush becomes the AD at USC. <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, or it becomes a director of enforcement for the NCAA. I'm going to, oh, that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> that'd be the best round circle story. Reggie Bush, the, uh, uh, the commissioner of college football. Everybody gets anything. <laughs> All right. What do you want to talk about after a break? Uh, Iowa State basketball did things. You know about basketball. I know about basketball. All right. We'll talk about basketball when we come back. It's football and random things presented by Iowa Diamond from the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. This Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is brought to you by Nationwide. Did you know that Nationwide is the official insurance provider for Iowa State University alumni? They offer Cyclone alumni discounts, auto, boat, motorcycle, RV, and pet insurance. To find out more, visit nationwide.com slash Iowa State or talk to one of their agents today. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back. 
football and random things. Football season's over, so we deep he- we uh, dip heavy into the random things. Today, one of those random things is Iowa State's 77. Kicking ass over Kansas. 77 to 60 win over the Kansas Jayhawks. So I didn't see this live. I was on a date on Saturday. How'd the date go? Super well. Super well. Is Um, she your girlfriend now? Let's not get to to labels. It was one. It was a first date. I went on a date with a girl, and now everybody on Cycle Fanatic says that she's my girlfriend. So Let's not get into labels. I'm an adult. Let's figure that out later. She's interested. She is interested in me. You want to get a second date later? Can we get her on the podcast to confirm? No. <laughs> she is going to come nowhere near a microphone. That is not a life that she needs to leave. Anyway, uh, but I was on like, I, so I just, I was going to record it and watch it on Sunday and dumbass me decided like she went up to go to the bathroom and I like checked my phone, checked the score and it was like 77 to six. Like what the hell happened? How did, cause I was expecting, I saw the first half score just, you know, we're, we're at a bar and um, saw the first half score and I was like, what? okay that's close that's what it's fair yeah it's in hilton and then i saw the second half score i was like where did what so i ended up watching it back it was just a thorough ass kicking but the thing that stuck out more is that iowa state played really well and their their defense was better than it has been and it's probably the best defensive game not the best defensive game but one of the best defensive games that iowa state's played under steve prom right yeah this is probably the best iowa state defensive team in a very long time yeah, Eustachia era, yeah. probably. And so that was true. But it was also helped with the fact that Kansas looked like garbage. They did not play well. Like none of their pa- every pass was disjointed. Every offensive scheme didn't make any sense. It was just like, huck it around and see if somebody can make something. And then when they got a fast break, they tried to get so ahead of themselves, they would end up turning over fast breaks. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make any sense. So as excited as I am, for Iowa State kicking Kansas's ass. I think Kansas had an equal part in kicking Kansas's ass. Yeah, and the I mean the thing that I was saying going into the game is they are undoubtedly very talented just as a whole. I mean they've got five McDonald's All-Americans on their team. As the great Wayne Morgan said, Kansas players go to the McDonald's All-American game. Iowa State's players go to McDonald's. Uh That's brilliant. That is brilliant. The great Wayne Morgan. Uh but they spend about half the game looking like they have no clue what they're doing, which is not ideal when you want to be a top five team. That in is the country. not ideal when you want to be a top five team. The only person that I could say was like, okay, that guy hasn't figured out is LeGerald Vick was the only guy that I watched on Saturday or on Sunday that was, okay, that dude is a Kansas basketball player. He knows what he's talking. It's the. You know, the you want to know what's funny about that, too? What? Bill Self tried to, like, run him out of the program. <laughs> Why? When? I don't know. Bill Self apparently thinks that he sucks. I don't know. He's the only guy that you look. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know basketball better than I do. Gerald Vick was the only guy that was like, OK, that guy's got to figure it out. Like, I know most of what he's doing. Uh, I don't know. He had six turnovers, so I don't know that I would so go who, that far. Who didn't? Well, it was him Can't, and him and Diedrich Lawson, who were supposed to be their two best players. Both had six turnovers. So, so yeah, who, they had 24 turnovers. Yeah, there's just a. I, everybody had to have multiple turnovers, but either way, is the only for, to me is the only like offensive threat that looked like he was in rhythm or finding something that mattered. It's like I said, they. I think that they have a lot of guys who just don't know what they're doing, you know. And I, I will say, using losing Yudaka Azubuke probably hurt them a lot more than, or it did hurt them a lot. I mean, both their losses now this season are without him. The unfortunate fact of the matter is now that they're not going to have him for the remainder of the year, uh, that team's going to have to figure some stuff out because they, they, they aren't very good in the front court. I, I would with, say after Lawson and what, you know, with Bill Self's track record, they will. Yeah. It's just a matter There's of a reason. The dude's in the hall of fame. It's just a matter of when, because this is it. To, it reminds me every single year that Kansas will do this every single year that they will lose some inexplicable number of games and look tr- just abysmal. But then by the end of February and early March, they're running people out of the gym and then they get to the tournament and then run people out of the gym for two rounds and then start to fizzle and then lose in the Elite Eight. I've just got to say, though, that there's... That, yes, you are right. I mean, you think back to Prom's first year, like the Perry Ellis team and, mm-hmm. and Frank Mason and all those guys. They started out two and three, I think, in Big 12 play mm-hmm. and lost to Iowa State in Ames. Mm-hmm. Uh the difference is that team had so much experience 
I mean, think about the names I just said. Perry yeah. Ellis played college basketball for 600 years. <laughs> uh, Frank Mason played college basketball for 500 years. Devontae Graham played college basketball for 400 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like they had people who had played a ton of basketball for Kansas at that point. Right now, on this team, there's one guy who's played a ton of basketball for Kansas. It was LeGerald Vick. And that's LeGerald Vick. And wasn't he a rotational for the most part for his majority? Yes. He was he yeah. wasn't a starter. I guess Marcus Garrett has played a lot of, as well. But and Brady like, Morningstar he's, is another pseudo experienced guy, but he's just been on the roster for a while. He's not been who isn't Brady Morningstar? Wasn't he there? You mean Mitch Lightfoot? Mitch Lightfoot, excuse me, other white guy. I was um, going to say, Mitch who Lightfoot. are you talking about? Uh, Mitch Lightfoot. Yeah, yeah Mitch but Lightfoot. He's been on the roster, but not been a significant contributor. Right. So yeah, their third big man. Yeah. Which really is probably not their third big man because Silvio D'Souza still can't play. Uh, is he going to be eligible? Is it like a Cam Lard situation where he might get like mid-season eligibility or... See, Silvio... Silvio took some money. Mm. Uh, and it, it appears as though he may have done it on multiple occasions. Mm. Which, in turn, for some reason, Kansas fans don't understand this. It, it makes your eligibility rather questionable. Uh, they seem to think that he will be back. Kansas fans do. I find it hard to believe that he will play another game of college basketball. But that's just because it seems questionable that a guy who uh, in a federal courtroom was confirmed to have taken $20,000 to go to Maryland uh, and then somehow got out of that commitment to go to maryland to then go to kansas it seems likely he will not be eligible to play again fair so no i would guess that no it's not a cam large situation he probably will not be back but so azabuki being out yeah he's out for the season d'souza being out d'souza is out which then leads to where you've got Dedrick lawson who has to play the five which he is not a natural five which we saw in Mm-hmm. Saturday. They're going to have to adjust the way they play. They're going to have to play small. The only problem is when you play small, you have to be able to shoot the ball. Kansas has two guys who are shooting better than 30% with multiple makes this season or with uh with double digit makes this season. One of them is LeGerald Vick, the other one I think is Devon Dotson. So that's two guys. You got to have four mm-hmm. out there who are capable of shooting the ball, and they have a lot of guys who are not capable of shooting the basketball. Kansas is in trouble. This there's as much blood in the water, I think, with this Kansas basketball team and potentially that streak ending as there has been in a long time. And there are other good teams in the conference. Exactly. Iowa State being one, Texas Tech being another. And that's why now there, there, is a, there are people that are very smart nationally that are saying that Iowa State might be legitimately the most talented team in the league. Hmm. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean best, but it might be close. Right. Because who else? So the two that comes to mind, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and then West Virginia, just because they're West Virginia, would be a challenger. Because Right? Yeah. Yes. Is there another team that I'm missing? That- Kansas State's good. I mean, they're, they've got a lot of injuries right now. Uh, but if they get guys back, like, they're going to be tough. And Oklahoma's to playing well. Oklahoma's playing really well. They are a pretty- And they got that one five-star cat, didn't they? Did they not? I miss, uh, my, my news is a little bit old. I don't think so. I mean, they don't have Trey Young anymore. I thought it was a different kid. I mean, they could. I don't know. Not that I can think of. Anyway, I think that most of those guys are just super experienced. Oh, um, but uh, no. Yeah, they're good. Um, I would say right now it's Iowa State, Texas Tech and Kansas would be the three. That I would say have a legitimate shot at winning the league. Which is neat, which is neat. Yeah. Uh, the other neat thing about this Iowa State's roster is set up to do this year after year after year now. The only problem is uh, now we're getting some buzz for some guys that could uh, maybe go and make a lot of money playing the game of basketball. So, I mean, of, of you'd, who would be, I mean, obviously Lindell mm-hmm. would be your guy that has the most buzz, the most pro buzz, you'd think. And he really even doesn't right now, though. Shayok? No, Lindell does. I mean, Who's, who's, just, he's like almost dropped off the national radar a little bit. But so who's the, the number one NBA buzz guy then? Right now it's tough. Jesus. The Shut computer up. computer just screamed at us. I know it did. Uh, right now it's Tyrese Halburn. Huh. Good for him. Yeah. 
Uh, I knew he's long and athletic and generally plays pretty smart. I just didn't know if that was NFL or NBA. Yeah, he, I mean, yet. he's not going to put up huge numbers or anything like that, but he's one of those guys that as he keeps playing really well, people are going to keep taking notice of that. And the NBA drafts a lot more on potential mm-hmm. than what the NFL Especially does. Especially with the whole G League transformation that they have yeah, where you can two-way contract a guy. Right. Uh, he was in, I think, the first round of a mock draft last week. Huh. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker continues to draw a lot of draft speculation or at least draft, you know, recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shyock's a senior, so it wouldn't really matter anyway. Yeah. Uh, Babs a senior. Uh, Lindell will be in that same consideration once he starts. Right. And I'm not saying all these guys will leave. I, I don't think that they will. But still, if they did, then all of a sudden you just lost six guys from your rotation. Yeah. I, I don't know. If they have open – Do they? because um, they're going to lose, but for sure, Bab and Shayok. Yeah. Do they have – is Tally a senior? Yeah. So you have three scholarships open for next year. They already signed three guys. Oh, okay. I don't – I again, I, my information yeah. is outdated. Yeah. Signed, is, is, signed this the, recruits. is this the same caliber as the THT Condit Halliburton class? No. No. There's some diamond of the rough type guys. I don't know. I – It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think that it was that great of a class. They've got one kid who uh, was like a blue chip type guy, and then he broke his leg, like really bad, broke Mm -hmm. his leg. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, if he comes back and is as good as what he was before, then, you know, that would be a big-time pickup. But you're making a big assumption that this guy's going to be as good as he was before he disastrously broke his leg. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're taking a gamble on that one. But if it hits, it's, it's going to hit big. It's going to hit big. Yeah. Uh, What's got, that kid's name? Uh, his name is Mar- uh, Mercedes Leach. Okay. Where's he from? Uh, he lives in Arkansas now. Okay. He's, uh, I think he's originally from Missouri. Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Or wait. Pop, uh, yeah. Now he lives in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I'm pretty sure that's I have that right. Uh, big man from Florida can shoot a little bit. He'll slide in there and probably be able to play pretty early, depending on what they need him to do. Because mm-hmm. Solomon's a junior, isn't he? Correct. So Solomon's a junior will be a senior next year. Mm-hmm. Condit will assumingly be in the weight room and thickening up a little bit. And he'll be a sophomore, and then he'll be a sophomore. And Lard will be a, will a be junior. A junior. Mm-hmm. And so Lard, I don't think has an NBA buzz. No. Because he needs to be more skilled if he's going to be. Well, he needs to, yeah, and he needs to, you know, not get suspended all the time. Yeah, that that help. Yeah. But so then I would assume then if Condit plays, projecting this, I'm granted this we're like a quarter of the way into this season, but you not even a quarter of the way. We are uh, literally one ninth of the way through uh, the Big Twelve slate. Cool. Uh, but if you, I would think projecting forward, then Condit would be your five, and then Lard would be able to play like a four and a half right or would they rotate those two in and then young plays the that four position that he does no i mean i i or, think that they'd probably keep doing what they're doing right now where uh jacobson will be your five still and because he actually has offensive well I and mean, they coach Prom just doesn't like to play two big guys like that very often either you know is jacobson a, going to be a senior junior this year going to be a senior correct okay yeah yeah, yeah. So it's, there's just a lot of moving pieces. I don't know. We'll just enjoy this season for now. Let's do that. I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, I think Iowa State will have a chance to make a good run. Well, the other, the other fun thing about this, which is different than what we've had in the past, even back through Fred, back, uh, I think the DeAndre Kane year was the last time that you could say that there was depth mm-hmm. on a team. There is depth on this team. They you, still only really play six guys. Yeah, and, and, but if they needed to, you could very easily, not easily, not saying that it'd be the same level of success and rotation, but you could still push that back to seven, eight. If a guy gets, you know, you get two guys in foul trouble, you could push them back. I don't think, you know, for seven minutes a game, if you had to put Zoran Talley in there, a pretty fair amount, seven, 12 minutes a game, something like that. If you had to do that, no one's really going to blink. You're not going to lose a tremendous amount. Mm-hmm. You have, again, say you have your bigs that get into trouble. Jacobson gets in trouble. Lard gets in trouble. Then Young, and if Young needs a break, then... Condit again for five minutes there's still depth that you can just put bodies out there that are adequate enough to do it right 
mean, you don't have to take dudes off the football roster to somehow make the whole thing go. We're not throwing Merle Holden out there. No. Or Jeff Beverly. No offense to Jeff Beverly or Merle Holden, but you actually have depth. You, you, what would you think? Nine guys that are probably capable Big 12 players? I think they got all 12 guys. If they needed to put them out there to go and do something, that all 12 of them could go out there and do something for them. Zion Griffin, I kind of feel... Zion's in that same boat. Yeah, I kind of feel you need to throw him out there. He can give you some. Yeah. he can give you some good minutes. I was gonna say I feel bad. Terrence for, Lewis give you some good minutes. I feel bad for for guys like Lewis and Zion because they're good players. They're just at a position that's just there's 36 of them on the you know those like three ish players. Like there's a bunch of those mid sized dudes on this roster. What a tough problem to have. Yeah. A bunch of mid-sized <laughs> athletic man, players. Man, that really sucks. We got a bunch of good guys. <laughs> but I, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like I, a, a guy like that would be, it'd be kind of cool to see them play. But yeah, tough. I just, I want to keep just seeing them winning basketball games. Got a good test on tomorrow on the road at Baylor. Well, Baylor's, are they as long as they always are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just... Just recruits seven foot eight marginally athletic guys and then one dude that's rico gathers that just is going to beat the shit out of gonna you gonna bench press out the world and just gonna be super physical down low and then rico gathers actually plays for the cowboys yeah, doesn't he, he does, yeah which yeah. is not shocking to anybody no <laughs> anybody, that guy was playing the wrong sport like his whole life yeah but he was it, a football player from birth but you know what he actually might have figured it out Cause it's like, man, just play basketball for 22 years and you don't, don't get the beat crap up your, beat out of yeah, you. Yeah, don't beat up your shoulders and neck. And then you get to go play football and make a bunch of money playing football. And it's like, you're still like a baby playing football, yeah. you know? You're still, your joints are, you still have 22, 23 year old joints. You don't have 37 year old joints like the rest of the dudes play. Yeah. Like you. Like me. I'm actually better now than, I, my joints feel better now than when I was a senior. Well, yeah, cause you don't. I don't you don't collide football. with humans anymore right. and like being 30 pounds lighter helps not being too fitty when you're like this frame doesn't want to be 250 you look very trim thank you thank you are you are you hitting on me jared no you have a girlfriend now <laughs> again let's not get into labels here uh who's gonna win the game tonight the, uh, this actually is a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to, than, than initially thought. Like you just, you look, you watch the whole season, you go, Alabama is just going to roll their way all the way through to the national, or through the national title. And they're going to win every game by 17 plus. But Clemson, I, I'm not, I think Clemson is my favorite to win tonight because. Even without Dexter Lawrence? Yeah. Well, they've got. 12 defensive linemen that are True. just as good as the next guy and another good problem to have yeah i mean if you it's alabama i mean it's they took the alabama model is load up the defensive line and then there's your focus is if you can have a super good defensive line and then obviously you want good players everywhere else but that's the the the, the way to success is just be super good anyway um but just, be, just Recruit a lot of five-star guys, super, just and just sign them be all. Really talented, all at the every time. position. And if you're super talented, you're going to be super good. That seems like a good idea. We should try that. But I don't know. I think Clemson to me because Alabama. This is a different Alabama defense than what they've had in the past. They they're good. I mean, clearly they're good. Uh, but they also will make more mistakes than other Alabama teams have in the past. And they're really young in the secondary. They're not necessarily young, but they play young in the secondary. And a team like that with a quarterback, when you play a quarterback who actually can be accurate, that is a very, I mean, we saw it with Kyler. Is Granted, Kyler a, a different beast because he can run yeah. like a deer. You think he's going to come back? Kyler? So that's the rumor now. Hell no. That's the rumor that he's coming back. Hell no. All the NFL people think he's going back to Oklahoma. Hell no. I mean, I, I don't know if Scott Boris has heard that yet. I don't but think. Yeah. And I don't know if Billy Bean has been cool with that. If he they were cool with one year. Hey, he could just give the money back. Yeah. You know, it was probably only like $4.6 million. Yeah. Here, write a check back to him. Thanks. I'll take this later. Ugh. I no, Nope. 
That is a stupid decision if he comes back, in my opinion. I'm just telling you, that's what I. That's what they're it's, saying it's on what, the interwebs. On the inter in the inter interwebs. On the inner tubes. Yeah. The inner tubes. <laughs> that's where you get all your news from. Is the inner tubes. But no, I think Clemson. I, I you don't really run the ball against Alabama, but you can throw it because that's what Notre Notre Dame tried to take out Travis Etienne and just say somebody else beat us, and they did, and. You, I think the same game plan will be by Alabama of they're going to stop the run and they're going to have to throw to win. And I think they can. And I don't, as, as good as Tua is, I don't think, I don't know. I, it seems like he is a product of a good system that keeps him comfortable. And if you make him uncomfortable, he falls apart. Because you look at the... You know, the games that like the bad games that he, few bad games he had, but like Georgia, that Georgia game, he got hit. And granted, he went out. He had a bum ankle. But in the first quarter and a half, he threw he was like one for seven with two picks because they hit him. They forced him to move and they forced him to not sit and stand and dissect the pot or just mm -hmm. dissect the defense. And I don't think uh, no matter how good Alabama's offensive line is, that Clemson defensive line, again, even down guys is the best defensive line that they have played all year. That's not Mississippi State. Now, granted, they're way better at every other position than Mississippi State. So I, I honestly, I don't know what the line is, but I, I'm thinking. Like it was six and a half. To Bama? Mm -hmm. I would bet Clemson for six and a half. It just seems like they've got the, the means to do it. And they can put Alabama in uncomfortable positions. The other side of this is that Alabama actually has good wide receivers this year which changes like a, a, their, changes their entire offense is that they're not predicated around a run game. So I don't know. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be actually a, the first fun game to watch of the playoff system. Like ever? No, not ever. Oh, this year. This okay. year. I was going to say, wait, what? I mean, the last year's game ended on a Hail Mary in overtime. <laughs> Two years ago, ended on, ended on a... Uh, Short pass at the goal line as time expired. Well, and then the Oklahoma Georgia game last year too. Yeah, which I also didn't get to watch that one live. I was at a basketball game with my dad. Went to Iowa State and just got. We listened to it on the radio on the way up, and then got to the game and then came back out of the game and they were losing or they had lost. And I was like, "What? They were up by so many points. How did this happen?" Yeah, and then we went, went back and rewatched it. That was, we had neither one of the first two games were good. I think this one will be. I think this one will be too. All right, man. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. No, you won't. Is this you? Are you putting in your two weeks? I just don't like you. Oh, okay. It's fair. I'll do it for the fans, <laughs> for the fanatics. I'm not going to do it for you. That hurts. Good. Good. All right, guys. Thanks to Iowa Diamond for being the presenting sponsor of the podcast. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet here in the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios. And thanks to you guys for making Jeff Woody want to come back week after week. Because he gives fans. me a shit-eating shit grin. <laughs> me? I would never give you a shit-eating grin. It's two weeks in a row that you've said something like that. That's I would true. I would never. It's true. All right. Peace.